Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Woo! Yeah. Let's mix it up. I'm so excited. Hey. I think I've been looking forward to this. I have too. I look forward to every podcast, though. Yes. Anytime you can drink at work with your boss. You're like a suck up here. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anytime you can drink at work. With your boss? Openly. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) The hip flask is not a necessary accessory here. Jason. Yes. I'm going to take care of a little bit of housekeeping up front. There's a few things that we have going on, okay? All right. One is uh, we're going to change up some of our, our, not our contact, I don't know how to say, the way that you submit feedback or questions. Sure. We just went through a website redesign. We're making things a little simpler. So listen up for the credits, the outro, when we close out the tab. The best part. The best part, yes. (laughs) Uh, Easily the best part of the show. That's right. If you haven't been listening, start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's an easy one to tune out. Uh, But yeah, we're going to update that in the the outro, let's call it. Okay. Uh, If you have questions or comments or topics you want shared on, on the show, the new email address... I know that's doesn't that sound old school? I don't yeah. know. There's gotta be better Email ways. Email us at Yeah. Pony Express us at <laughs> it's gonna be podcast at bluejfg.com. That's FG as in financial group. So folks, if you have any questions, comments, or just ideas for the show, ways to make the show better, things that you want covered on the show, that's gonna be the website going for. Uh, Keep your forward. negative comments to yourself. Yeah, negative comments, yeah. I don't want to hear it. They hurt I don't our feelings. Hear it. They hurt our feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but in other news, Jason. Yes. This is episode 52. Holy crap. Do you know what that means? Yes. We have been doing this for a year. Wow. That's amazing. And and pretty much every week, we did have a little break in there a couple weeks yeah. where we were meeting with our clients like crazy. Sure. But we've got, this is a year's worth of podcasts. Woo. I quite honestly didn't think that we would be here still doing this. We're alive it's, still. <laughs> yeah, we're still doing it. And guess what? We're going to keep doing it. All right. So I think we should celebrate a little bit. This is a podcast about finance and alcohol. <laughs> How do you celebrate things with alcohol? Yes, that means we get two drinks this time. We're going to yes! get two drinks. That's why I'm excited. A <laughs> with a bottle of Martini and Rossi oh, uh, yes. sparkling wine. Ooh. So this is not actually champagne. Nah, whatever. Because it's not from the Champagne region in France. <laughs> but it's, it's got bubbles. And you know what I love about it? It makes this noise. Ooh. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, cork dysfunction. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was awesome. All right. That is just fun. Hey, congratulations if you yeah. are a listener and you, you put up with some with really us. bad episodes. Good job, guys. <laughs> it's been a year. No champagne for you, though. <laughs> it's been quite a year. A lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Gosh darn it, we made it. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm. Ooh. Oh, man, that is, I just love that. Champagne is, is fun, delightful. even if it's not the real stuff. It doesn't matter. That's like 10 bucks a bottle. Let's see. Critics Challenge Gold Competition Winner. International Wine and Spirits. Well, it's got to be great. Well, yeah. Along with the Surgeon General's warning. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Delicious. We made it. Good we job. got a year under our Good belt. Good job, friend. So That's here's great. to a, a year of figuring things out. Hopefully, if you've stuck with us through thick and thin... This is the year that we are actually good at podcasting, hopefully. Yeah, Caleb <laughs> has finally figured out the computer. Yeah, well... <laughs> he has it, actually. I have my days. <laughs> and I won't, darn it. 
All right, so we're going to wrap up our series today on financial freedom. So Freedom! Yes. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a freedom episode. Do it again. Just Freedom! That was a little deeper. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about what financial freedom looks like in our 20s and 30s or how to get to financial freedom while in your 20s and 30s, some things that we can do along the way. We've talked about our 40s and 50s. We've talked about maximizing contributions, taking advantage of ketchup, all that kind of stuff. Not ketchup like you put on your French fries (laughs) or hot dog. And actually, (laughs) that's a controversy, right? (laughs) Yep. Uh, Do you put ketchup on a hot dog? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a little kid. (laughs) Um, Mustard is the only thing that's supposed to go on a hot dog. I don't know. Have you ever a Chicago-style hot dog? Uh, I, I always get Cleveland and Chicago mixed up. There's not like the actual a cities, pickle on it and rel- I, okay, relish, like mustard and relish. relish. Yeah, I like it's delicious. I like Chicago so one, style. Yeah, Chicago. I do great. like Chicago style. Yeah. This um, is not a show about hot dogs. No, <laughs> but it's baseball season and uh, it's yeah. nice outside. And Can't I could help. go for a Can't good hide feelings. Opening day uh, for the Toledo Mudhens. We should have gone to that today. Yeah, like today. right now. Right now they're doing it. <gasps> Look, they're doing baseball. Good job, guys. <laughs> All right, back on track. This is going to be a tough one. Okay, so we've talked about our 20s and our 30s, our 40s and our 50s. Now we're going to talk about what financial freedom actually looks like in retirement, Jason. So if you've done the hard work, you've put in the work, you've put in the time, you've done all those things you're supposed to do in your 20s and 30s, in your 40s and 50s, now how do you enjoy financial freedom? We're going to get into all that. But before we do, like we always do, we are drinking. Yeah. Drinks. Yes. So uh, we're rolling with the barrel-aged gin again, the Freedom Barrel-Aged Gin. I'm a little disappointed we didn't finish this bottle in three episodes. Uh, not even close, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, a third. Yeah, about a third, a third of the way. Bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like us, Jason. <laughs> but I, I think it's been a pretty fun bottle to experiment it with. It's a little different. Probably not my go-to in any of these drinks. Nah. But, you know, if you're kind of in a cocktail rut and you want to add a little bit of flavor, spice, Barrel-aged gin. Try it. I, uh, I mean, I think I like barrel-aged gin. I think that's kind of cool. But yeah. This bottle is just generally it's okay. okay. But it's still... It's, it's got just freedom all, right all over me, dog. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really went with our, our financial freedom series well. You know, you can't do a series on gin, Jason, without, you know, touching on the gin and tonic, right? Right, yeah. And the sun's shining. It's a nice day. Right. Really feeling the gin and tonic I went to gin and tonic three (laughs) episodes ago, man. (laughs) So what we're drinking here today, and actually I threw in a curveball here at the end. Ooh. Uh, We are drinking a uh, barrel-aged gin and tonic, which consists of two ounces gin. Four ounces of tonic water. Mm -hmm. I squeeze a little bit of that lime juice in there Mm -hmm. and and garnish it with a lime wheel. Now, so what's the curveball? The curveball is I have found that I tend to like gin and soda a little bit better than gin and tonic. And if you're out there listening and and you've had gin and tonic and you think, I don't know, there's just something about that tonic taste that I don't like, I think gin and soda is a good way to mix it up. I have also found in my experimentation that I like gin and soda with lemon, actually, rather than lime. Hmm. So what I'm drinking is a barrel-aged gin and soda, two ounces of barrel-aged gin, four ounces of just club soda, squeeze a little bit of uh, lemon juice in there, garnish with a lemon wheel. Let's, uh, Let's cheers and take a sip. All right. I took a drink, just for mm. the record. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's refreshing. All right. Okay. I, I got to try this. Uh, All right. This uh, club soda twist. Mm. Nope. Mm. Nope. Gin and tonic better. Ooh. Nope. I thought I, I had so many preconceived notions. I thought I'd like the gin and club soda. Not even close. Not even close. You know, that's a really good gin and tonic. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's man. a really good gin and tonic. Okay. 
So yeah. I threw a curveball in. I have to agree with you. You I ruined it. The, uh, you ruined it. I think the barrel aged <laughs> the barrel aged gin and tonic is better than the barrel aged gin and soda. A lot of this depends on the gin that you're dealing with. Sure, there's a really, lot of flavor in this. I mean, it's, well, and you got the oak flavors in right. there and things like that. Whereas I, I know there was Tanqueray gin quite a bit. Right, makes right. the best martinis in my opinion. Makes a good gin and tonic. But this doesn't have that like florally like. Taste. It's it's more yeah. yeah right I mean well and I think like Tangeray is more of a piney right and, and uh, Nolet Gin is another really good one that I like a lot but totally different and I think mm-hmm. Hendrix too although Hendrix with a lime is is really good uh, the Nolet has more of a florally right and I think the club soda goes better with that one this is pretty good but that gin and tonic is I mean, that's a good gin and tonic that's legit barrel-aged gin and tonic it's half gone already guys (laughs) (laughs) we might get through this bottle after all right that's right let's mix another one (laughs) all right enough of the celebrating and enough of the booze talk jason let's talk about financial freedom in our in our retirement years so great years well yeah i mean this is what we work for right and really that's i think when people think about financial freedom they're thinking about retirement it's almost synonymous right so We've tackled these last couple episodes with things that you want to do, things that you don't want to do, and we've covered kind of three main areas, Mm -hmm. debt, income, and we're going to throw something else into the mix here. We're going to talk about income and assets slash savings, but also we're going to throw giving and charity and things like that into the mix at the end. So first, this is not going to take a whole long time to talk about the debt situation in retirement, Jason, what are we we looking for? (laughs) Yeah, we we might not have done the other steps correctly, but... You know, I say all the time in this business, it's not real often that we take a client from A to Z. We meet somebody in the debt payoff and savings and accumulation phase as well as retirement. A lot of times we're getting a hold of folks in the retirement red zone. Right. We talked about last week. Or we're seeing these folks right before it's time to make that decision to retire. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of times we're facing situations that may not be totally ideal. Mm hmm. Regardless, there's usually options there. And sometimes a pile of options just makes it even more confusing for clients. So sure. like, I don't know what to do. Should I pay my house off? Should I not pay my house off? Should I retire? All, all those things are running through their mind. Generally speaking, you know, debt and retirement, mortgage. I, I think you and I are, are for the payoff of the mortgage. I yeah, I mean I'm I'm fur, I'm not again it. Uh, <laughs> debt in any debt payoff in any uh, capacity. Uh, where I think that in, in similar to the 40s and 50s, like we talked about last week, having a mortgage in retirement is not the end of the world. Folks, I mean, they might have rent in retirement sure, anyway, right? right? Housing expense is something that you're going to have. Reg- that one, I, I don't hate it, but you know what I like even more is no debt, no right, mortgage. That right. makes things even easier. So I think if you if you listen to that episode last week and you were saying, well, I'm in my 40s and 50s and I'm nowhere near to paying my mortgage off, don't don't fret. Right. It's not the end of the world. Hopefully, you've taken that time to get through the other consumer debt. And, and we did touch on that last week. That's really the time to, to get through all that other stuff. And, we want to come in for a soft only. landing on this. I mean, that's what we're really kind of saying. Like, you know, we should be coming to the end. You know, if we're going to downsize, you know, hopefully there's mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a cash situation where you're able to kind of purchase the next home. And that can be a great way to eliminate the mortgage debt That's if you've right. got it. Maybe you've got too much house and the kids are grown up out of the house and successful on their own. you got a bunch of equity built up in the house. I know it's kind of tricky right now selling your house and replacing it with what home values have done. Yeah, but that... But 
works in both ways. Yeah. I mean, so let's say you've got a small mortgage. It might be a way to knock that out and pay cash for that next home, Absolutely. Uh, that retirement home. Right. So not the end of the world. Here's where I'm going to say <laughs> you really, you really want to have these other things knocked out. Auto loans, vacation homes, consumer debt for crying out loud. You really, really want to get to no debt in retirement. You don't want to be servicing auto loans. You know how I feel about auto loans anyway, right? Yeah, I uh, mean... But things that don't increase in value, you certainly don't want to have loans on those things in retirement. Yeah, and we definitely talk about the psychology of having some of this stuff. And you know, I think at this point, changing your behavior dramatically is really hard. Yeah, you, know, you hope- kind of are who you are at yeah, this point, right? Exactly. I mean, if you... If you are just like used to paying car loans and all that, it's probably going to be hard in in retirement to change that. You know, the the reality is, is, you know, let's focus on who you are. If you can afford the payment on a car loan or a house, we just have to assess that and make sure we're not being silly. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't want it there. But I was going to say, this is one of the areas where you and I might disagree a little bit. We should not. We should throw down right now. No, not quite. But I'm. <laughs> Give just, me that bottle of champagne. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you with it. <laughs> I'm so averse to having this kind of debt in retirement, and and I'm going to go back to things that I've said the last couple episodes. Just because you're retired doesn't mean that you have financial freedom, right? Right. Right. And you got to think about the things you're willing to trade that freedom for. So. I don't know. Uh, would you rather be retired and have flexibility and freedom, or is it that important to have that nice car? I guess I just the argument I was going to make is just around you know the the dollars are probably there. You can you can buy whatever car you want. Probably the question comes down to: Are you used to making payments? Is that kind of your like yeah. mode of operation? And if it is, you know it may not be the end of the world to have that. And we have to think from a tax perspective, you know, the the consequences of taking money out of retirement account, accounts. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I am not, I don't want anyone to be confused. I'm not a huge advocate for that. And I, I think it's best to keep it simple. I mean, mm-hmm. simple is great in retirement. It gives you lots of options. Yeah. You touched on something that I want to talk about a little bit. And this kind of goes along with the mortgage situation because you and I both get this question a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone's thinking about retiring, they're close, they're at that age. They're wondering, can I retire? And, and maybe these are people that are more debt averse. I get a lot of times, you know, I've got $200,000 in my 401k and I owe $100,000 on my house. Should I pay off my house with the 401k? Right. Look, right. I hate debt. I don't want the mortgage, but I'm not going to tell you to take $100,000 out, which is actually going to be more like $120,000, $130,000 whenever you settle up with taxes mm-hmm. to pay off the mortgage. And then you have taken away flexibility and freedom. You've taken away income producing assets that at this stage in the game are a lot harder to replace than they were years ago, right? Right. So, I mean, we're going to at least, we're going to do the math. That's for sure. I want to see what Put it looks like. Put some math like. behind it, like yeah. we say on the Old Fashioned Finance oh, yeah. Podcast. Woo! <laughs> I, lo- I, I mean, math will tell us the story. And then, honestly, as an advisor, I don't know that that's necessarily my decision to make. You know, if someone wants to pay that much in taxes, then go for it. Now, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to show them what it might do to their income long yeah. term. And that's what really matters. And that's a great segue to the next topic. Yeah, income and assets, which at this phase in life are equivalent to your income, essentially, right? This Absolutely. is how we get our income. So you know how we feel about debt and retirement. We can usually work about these things. I think the main thing to take away, we've said it on this podcast many times, you don't change who you are just because you're retired. Savers are still savers. 
spenders are still spenders. Pretty right? much. We hear people say, oh, I'll, I'll save when I get to retirement. I'll stop spending. No, you won't. <laughs> we have people that say, I'll spend when I get to retirement. I'll stop saving. No, you won't. No. You are who you are, right? Right. By the time you get to your 60s, mid 60s, 70s, it, you are who you are. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> as a financial advisor, you know, hopefully we've helped you develop the right habits to get to this point. And now we're looking at all the hard work, right? right. Accumulating assets, plugging away with social security or a pension, whatever it happens to be. Now let's talk a little bit about generating assets. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoopsie>. Generating <laughs> income from our assets. Oh, you right? better cover your assets there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jason, why don't you talk a little bit about this? So social security, what do you think? Good deal, bad deal? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, you just, Sorry, that's for a goes, different podcast. Yeah, that was like hit me with a double barrel shotgun right there. <laughs> you will likely have some kind of recurring income stream and social security is most likely where it's going to come from. Mm -hmm. Good deal, bad deal, really bad deal, but (laughs) we don't have a lot of options there. So, you know, again, this is where we need to do, put some math to uh, your situation. Lots of fancy softwares out there will help us determine what social security looks like for you. So Mm -hmm. I guess my asterisk there is just, you got to seek some advice on this one. And it's not all about math on this. You know, yeah. I, longevity plays in, right. you know, if your health has been just kind of not the greatest, or if you're just like, I want to live large when I'm younger sure. and I don't really care what it's like when I'm 77 years old. Yeah. You might not be a world traveler in your eighties right? And or nineties. So, yeah. And more power to you. Like that's fine. Especially if you have other assets to kind of take care of, you know, the costs of, you know, care in the future, healthcare costs, those kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Social Security needs to be analyzed from an individual's perspective. Absolutely. And we spend a lot of time on these Social Security analysis, analyses. Analysis. Um, I know what. But <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's, it's a guess. We're taking our best guess. I tell clients when we get into this conversation, I don't take off your shoe and check on the bottom of your foot. Do you have an expiration date printed on you? Because (laughs) if we don't know when we're going to die, we don't know what the right choice is necessarily. Generally, it pays to wait as long as you live long enough to reap the benefits. So when we're talking about financial freedom in retirement, and we're talking about our 60s and 70s, and Jason, you and I were talking before we kicked off the podcast here, this is probably another episode where we talk about the retire early sure. scenario, right? Yep. So, uh, you know, a lot of folks out there, their mentality is take it at 62 as soon as you can get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been paying in, take it. Uh, that works for some folks. It, it really does. Now, if you live to be 95 years old and we put some math behind it, is that the best thing to do? Maybe not from a financial standpoint, but what about from a freedom standpoint, right? Does that allow you to maybe cut back, work part-time, do something you enjoy? Absolutely. Does that allow you to travel and do all those things you want to do in retirement, spend time with grandkids? While you're healthy. While you're healthy, exactly. It's a very personal decision. And a lot of it, again, like you said, depends on your other assets and uh, your sources for generating other income. So... I guess let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. How in the heck do you generate income off of the assets that you've accumulated in retirement? Did yeah. I say accu- accumul- accumulated? Accumulated. Accum- accumulated. <laughs> this is a good gen- <laughs> The reality is, is that people get to retirement age and they're like, holy crap, I got all this money. I don't know what to do with it. And I think out in the, in the marketplace, people are pushing guaranteed income strategies yeah. and you know those annuity contracts that are out there. Quite frankly, I'm probably going to ruin all our sponsorship opportunities right here. 
No. Oh, I mean, oh, good. You get to keep your soul. Yeah. Yeah. My soul is intact. And I think that there's so many distribution strategies now that don't involve buying a product. Uh-huh. And I will keep my soul there. You know, distribution strategies are are various. And I think there are ways to make your 401ks or the pile of retirement assets that you have work for you and give you an income stream you know, with some guardrails, so you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, we here we use a distribution strategy that includes some guardrails. So if the market sells off, we're going to bounce off of those things. It's a flexible income approach. It, it right? is. Yeah. So you might have to adjust your income some during really bad times. But guess what? Everyone talks about all the time, the really bad times. Right. How often do they happen? Not as often as the good times. Right. Market usually goes up. That's right. what I always say. Right. So, I mean, those distribution strategies are just really, really, I think they're well-tested we're more confident about using that approach versus, you know, some guaranteed strategy where I get a guarantee from, you know, a big building downtown Cincinnati, Ohio, you know? (laughs) Well, you said the A word, Jason, uh, annuity. And here's something that might blow some of your minds out there. If you've got social security, guess what? You already own an annuity, right? Yeah. That's a guaranteed. And that's a really bad deal. (laughs) Well, It is a bad deal. I wish I could take what I'm putting into social security every year and invest it myself for an income distribution strategy, but that's not how it works. Yeah. Young folks look at your checks, man. It's, it's a big (laughs) number. Yeah. (laughs) So the idea there, you already own an annuity. We all do. It's called social security. Do I think it's going to be there? Yeah. It's going to be there in some capacity for sure. If you're thinking about retiring in the next five or 10 years, I don't think you have anything to worry about from that standpoint. Right. But exactly. this is where you know we're talking about freedom and synonymous with freedom, in my opinion, is flexibility, right? right? So let's say you talk to somebody about the A word, an annuity. You want that guarantee, right? What do you got to do to get that guarantee? In my opinion, you give up a whole lot of flexibility, which is equivalent to your freedom in retirement, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that whole freedom component, you know, being able to use a distribution strategy and adjust, you know, how much income you're getting. I often tell people, you know, you're out of the go out, kill it, drag it home mode. You're not accumulating anymore. When you're accumulating, you go out and make as much as you can. Mm -hmm. You're more into the optimization mode now. So what that looks like is how much do I need? Yeah. You know, social security and a small pension or social security and a small withdrawal might cover me. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to grab some of my assets when I want to do something big, you know, mm-hmm. take the grandkids to Disney World or, mm-hmm. you know, go on that big trip or remodel my house. And as long as it fits inside of a safe distribution strategy, you're probably fine. And quite honestly, sometimes, hey, the market's up 20%. Can we take the grandkids to Disney? Heck yeah, we can take the grandkids Yeah, you can take it Disney. on the house money. <laughs> Whereas the A word, you know, that maybe you bought an annuity from some Harvey, Harvey Wallbanger out there. Mm. That's an inside joke for those oh, of you that boy. have been with us for a while, right? Wow. Do you I have hope- the flexibility to do that? Sure you do. But you also get to blow up your guaranteed paycheck too. So... Yeah. Optimizing versus maximizing, I think is an important way to look at that. Yep. You know, and you touched on something in there when we're talking about flexibility and and the guardrails approach and all that kind of stuff. If you have paid off debt Mm -hmm. and you know how to budget and you know, you're at that phase in life where regardless of what's going on, you can live within your means. You sure as heck can optimize your income based on the assets you have versus you know, the maximized strategy, which is guarantee as much income as absolutely possible. And you will win, right? You will win absolutely. with that strategy. Yeah. And I love those clients that come to the meetings and they're like, I did a, I really did a hard look on my budget and I need like 
$1,300.44 a month to live. And I'm like, you are, I love you. Yeah. You can do Thanks whatever you doing, want. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Thanks for doing the hard work for me. I love it. The first questions I ask when we get to, hey, can I retire? What debt are we servicing? Exactly. I don't have any debt. <laughs> yeah. You don't need me. In yeah. fact, my job is to not screw up a good thing that you got going. <laughs> but I, I do think where clients do need us in this situation is to help them with those decisions. Let How us do much the math. is the right amount? Exactly. Yep. And you know, here, here's what I'm going to say in general. I've, we've got two, two kinds of clients, really, in retirement, right? The clients who we're calling saying, look, you've saved You've accumulated assets for crying out loud. Can you let me send you more money on a monthly basis? <laughs> Go enjoy this. Don't you have hobbies? Don't you have you know family you want to visit and things like that, right? Again, it's that mentality. The savers, right. they, they are still savers in retirement, and I'm encouraging them to enjoy what they've accumulated, right? And then we've got the other set of clients who they're spenders, and they know it, and we've told them, look, you're going to run out of money. Yep. I know, and when I run out of money, I'm just going to have to to deal with it and live within my means stop spending money you know they know they're running out of money the in-between clients you know the ones that say this is what i need to the penny and you know <laughs> basically we're looking at at putting a lot of pressure on the assets to get that right amount you know i'm i'm not here just like in the harvey wallbanger episode i'm not here to say <laughs> that the, that annuities never are a good option ever ever but most of the time they're not so if you're that person that absolutely needs a guarantee and you're real close on the assets, maybe it makes sense, but we're not running into folks like that. They either have plenty saved, not enough saved. The The question is, you know, everybody when they come to us at this phase, mm-hmm. you know, they're thinking, I don't have enough saved. Right. 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 Or can I make this work? Exactly. Most of the time, the answer is absolutely. We can make this work. Absolutely. We don't need guarantees. Right. Let's absolutely keep our flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. There's a lot of misconceptions about income and retirement. And if you can be flexible, if you're out of debt and, and things like that, you're able to be flexible. Yeah. We um, should probably have an episode on that all by itself. Gosh, we could do a lot. Yeah. We got a whole nother year's worth of episodes ahead of us. <laughs> at, at least. Uh, well, at least 40 more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so th- here's the next thing. And I think when we look at the different types of clients we have, fortunately for us, we have more of those clients that we're calling saying, can I please send you more? Yeah, and and what we get as far as pushback is, well, I don't need anything. I don't want to do anything. Exactly. What what the heck do you want me to do with this money if you want to send it to me? Retirement, financial freedom in retirement, it can be represented by being very generous in retirement. Absolutely. And, and funding things that you believe in strongly. Charity, giving. You know, giving money to charity, church, family. Right. This is a great time to do that. I, this is not a Dave Ramsey podcast, but you know one of the things that he said that's always stuck with me is you live like no other now so that one day you can live and give like no other. That's right? absolutely right. Yeah, and I think that, that a lot of times this is overlooked in a financial plan and you get to the end of life and you're like, you know, I, I, I do care about things. Mm-hmm. You know, I care about you know, that local charity or my church or, you know, it's, why not see that work? Right. Okay. Why not look at it and say, you know what? My church needs 
the bells replaced or the sound system or whatever. If this but is if, my church, have you been by going the way. To my church? <laughs> oh yeah, we had the same thing going on. Bells, like, sound we, system. We gotta, we got to, you know, look at those options, and it it benefits you. Sure, and wouldn't you get you, to see it? And like when we talk about family, I I don't know why, but the idea of a legacy always is after I die, I want so and so to receive this. Why in the heck, if you can afford it now, would you not want to see your kids? or your grandkids flourish and enjoy some things. Why wouldn't you want to see your church or that charity or you know the, the high school sports team or whatever it is that you, you love and enjoy? Why wouldn't you want to see them benefit from those things now? Not to mention the tax benefits that no, go along no with it. And yeah. you know I'm coming apart at the seams here. I want to talk about the tax <laughs> benefits, but that is another episode. I think we've done that a couple of times. But sure, sure. Yeah, giving. Yeah, you this just, is a huge priority at this stage in life. I think it's really important for folks to realize that you can set your own your own boundaries here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you do this in a way that you're comfortable with. Uh, give anonymously if it's if it's important to you. If it's to your family, obviously they're probably going to know where it comes from. Yeah, you can tell them point blank. This is it, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you anymore. Don't expect you know X dollars every year. Yeah, or tell them expect X dollars every year. Well, it's totally up to you. You know, and, and I say especially people who are good with money, who are good at budgeting and saving and accumulating generally, and this is not always the case, generally raise kids who do the same things, right? right? And a lot of times, you know, you end up with a family who wants to give money to the next generation, but that next generation is saying, mom, dad, enjoy it. I don't need it. I'm doing well, right? And that's the best time. It, well, but... Also, I say, okay, go make memories. That's right. Right? Uh, do you want to leave your kids a giant lump sum and then the tax time bomb and all the unwinding exactly. that, that goes along with that? Or do you want to take the grandkids to Disney? Do you want to make memories? They're not going to remember the money that you left. They will. I have yet to seen a client, though, where they say, okay, we're renting the house on the ocean. It's awesome. We're paying for everything. We'll get you there. And the kids are like, you know what? That doesn't work for us. <laughs> that you know, never, I'd really rather have a big have, check when you die. Yeah, I. You know what? I that <laughs> week we were gonna, you know, go to the orthodontist, and yeah. you know, like no, that never ever happens. Yeah. So again, I think most folks in retirement are desperate to spend time with their family. Yeah, I think there's a like the proverbial clock kind of ticking. Yeah, where they're like, I know that my time on this planet is limited. Whether it is or not, that's one thing. You start to face your own mortality as well as your friends around you. Mm-hmm. And they want to desperately spend time together. Do this, guys. Like, yeah. Don't hesitate. Your families will fall right into line. Trust me. Absolutely. And we are not saying to break the bank, break the budget, go into debt to make these memories. But if you have the ability to do this for crying out loud... This is freedom and retirement. Absolutely. Enjoying what you've worked your whole life for to see uh, the fruit of your labor. Yep. The memories that you'll make with your kids, grandkids, the the uh, you know, the, the things that you can do now for your church or charity or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. That's part of the freedom. Our time is limited on this earth, regardless. You know, it, it's it's all about, in my opinion, making the most of your your retirement years, enjoying what you've worked to accumulate. Too many times we see people who all they work on is the accumulation. They never enjoy any of it and they, right. they pass away and they don't see the the fruit of their, their, uh, their labor. So absolutely. Wow. That was like a sad note. Well, 
It's don't not. It's be awesome. those people. Don't be Scrooge, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up next to your grandchild and, in a beach house, man. Absolutely. That, do that. You, they will always remember that. They might not remember, you know, the big fat check that you left behind, right? It's about the memories. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm feeling warm and fuzzy, and I don't Ooh. know if it's just from the gym. I'm going to hug you when we're what? done. <laughs> <laughs> don't even think about it. <laughs> well, I'd say it's time to close out the tab. What do you think? Thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want to address on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers, buddy. Woo. Hey, here's to another year. Yeah. <laughs>